Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Lopez Richardson. Lopez Richardson is an African-American male, missing from Rosenberg, Texas. Lopez was many things. He was an entrepreneur, a tattoo artist, a husband, and a father who absolutely adored his baby girl. At the time of his disappearance, he had recently opened his own tattoo shop, which was his dream. In fact, he had several distinct tattoos, including a tattoo of Emmett Till on his right hand. At the time of his disappearance, things were going pretty good in his life. But July 5th, 2021 was the last time he was seen. He was 32 years old at the time of his disappearance. So let's get into it. On July 5th, 2021, Lopez dropped his daughter off in Spring, Texas around 11 p.m. There's not much information about what happened between that drop-off and July the 8th. It's mentioned in some sources that he had reached out to a relative on July 7th. However, it's not really clear who this relative was or what type of contact this was, if it was via phone call, text, FaceTime, or anything like that. Just a couple of different sources says that he was in contact of some sort on that day, and that's pretty much all you're given. But by July 8th, his wife had not heard from him and got concerned and filed a missing persons report with the Rosenberg Police Department. Now, just a day after this report was filed, on July 9th, Lopez's white Dodge Ram 1500 pickup truck was found abandoned in the woods in Howe, Texas, which is about five hours away from where Lopez lived. His wife told Fox 26 Houston News that she was originally told that when they found the car, they found nothing. There was nothing in the vehicle. However, 35 days later, she found out that that's not entirely true. In fact, they found items such as his wallet, and his wallet containing things like his bank cards and his ID were still in the vehicle. Not only that, not too far away from the car was one of his shoes stuck really deep in the mud. Now, according to information that I found from the disappearedblog.com, police have stated that there was a delay collecting evidence from the vehicle due to where the vehicle was found. See, his vehicle was found near railroad tracks and they needed permission from the railroad company to remove the vehicle. And apparently that took some time. Now, after his vehicle was taken by the police, his wife decided to go see the truck for herself. And when she went to go see it, she is the one who found her husband's phone. She told Fox 26 Houston, and I quote, majority of everything had been deleted. Memory cards, his GoPro camera, a digital camera, all the memory cards were wiped clean, nothing on them. Now the wife, she states that Lopez actually had more than one phone, but only one phone was found in the truck and again, all those things were deleted. And she goes on to say that she has no idea why his truck would be found in that area. He had no known ties to that area, which was a town that was settled right along the Texas-Oklahoma border. Now, some accounts have claimed that 
they were able to pull up his bank records and show that his bank card was last used in Henrietta, Oklahoma, which is about two and a half hours away from where his car was found and seven and a half hours away from his home. Again, no one really knows what he would be doing there. And those who knew him did not think that this was some planned escape or anything done of his own doing in regards to him disappearing or him possibly walking away from his life as he knew it. His wife went on to say, and I quote, he had just opened a new business and he was doing well. There would be no reason to me that he would walk away from his life at this point. Now, just before Lopez disappeared, it's reported he started telling his wife that he did believe somebody was out to get him. He wasn't very specific. He'd stated that he might have disrespected the wrong person and he was not going to get a chance to apologize. But that's all the wife knew about the situation at that time. He didn't exactly say how he disrespected them or who this person was. But his wife believes that some of his friends know exactly what Lopez was talking about. In different interviews, both on video and in print, the wife has stated that she does have some theories about who might have been after her husband and what may have happened. However, she doesn't have the evidence and she's trying to find the evidence. But at this point, she does not believe her husband is alive. Back in April of 2022, she is quoted saying, it's been 10 months now, so I try to focus on being stronger for my children. They do know that he's lost and I try to give them hope which has to be a hard facade to have to put on day after day, given that she herself believes that she is never going to see her husband walk through her doors again. Now, overall, it appears his family does believe he, Lopez, was a victim of foul play. Look, again, things were going well for him at the time of his disappearance. He had a new business. He had just restocked the business and the business was doing good. And again, this business, it wasn't some just, okay, let me make money thing. This was his dream turned into reality. And he didn't just buy a building and put a sign out up front. No, loved ones have spoken about him like really taking the time to cultivate the style in his tattoo shop, making sure the aesthetics matched him. No one believed that he would just walk away from that. And then not only that, again, we find left behind his truck, which also contained his wallet and licenses and bank cards. Again, one of his phones and some of his cameras were also left behind, though they were all wiped clean. And here's another tidbit that makes people really believe that, yeah, no, he didn't walk away on his own. See, when he disappeared, he actually had a large sum of money in his bank account that was completely untouched. Now, in regards to Lopez's disappearance, the coverage of the case is very local and very small. Now, his wife has been hustling to get his name and his case out there. However, I found very few sources that actually fully reported on this. And some of the sources I did find were just pretty much a repeat of one another. But the wife does have a Facebook page dedicated to finding Lopez. If you go to Facebook and you type in help bring Lopez home, you will come to that page. And from that page, we'll get a little bit more information. For example, we find out that yes, Lopez is entered in the NamUs system. 
which is a national database for missing and unidentified persons. And the family already goes through the NamUs system, looking at unidentified and unclaimed body cases to see if any of the descriptions match Lopez. So far, it seems like none has. Now on that Facebook page, it seems that there was a little bit of drama, uh, which is not uncommon when family members create Facebook pages. Not so much because of the family members, but more so uh, you have strangers speculating on this open forum and they're open to say whatever it is they like. And sometimes they don't say the nicest things. And sometimes the families can react because again, they're already missing a loved one. They're already stressed. And then here comes the stranger with their two cents. So one of the things I came across was apparently there were some type of rumors started about the wife possibly being involved in his disappearance, but the wife took a polygraph test and posted results. And not only did she post the results, she posted who gave her the polygraph test and the examiner's business information, pretty much how you can contact them as well if you had any questions. Now, you guys know how I feel about polygraph tests just in general, but I do believe this is one of those things she did as good faith, as apparently from what I could gather on social media, uh, there was rumors flocking around saying that the wife was involved and also that several people tried to get her to take polygraph tests and she denied it and she refused to talk and cooperate. And so it seems that this was something the wife did to show I am not hiding anything. No one has came forward and asked me to. In fact, I went and took this polygraph test on my own, through my own money to stop all of this nonsense. I have never denied taking one or being uncooperative with anyone trying to help find my husband. Now, from a little bit of digging that I've done, it seems that the question of Lopez's wife being involved stems from the fact that and his wife were separated at the time of his disappearance. And there was a couple comments, a couple of different places where people felt that the wife was doing quote unquote too much because she kept presenting herself in the news as his wife and they felt she was presenting their union as something that it wasn't. But here's the thing, you guys. She is his wife. And she has came out and said, yeah, we're separated, but we're on good terms. We've been separated for years and been on good terms. We have a great co-parenting relationship and we still talk to each other on a regular basis. There was no animosity at the time they disappeared. Now, another comment that I did come across on the Facebook page was from somebody saying that Spirit told them he was sleep that Lopez was sleeping at the enemy and that was the cause for their disappearance and say their comments to that particular commenter. But I want to briefly touch on this because I want to make sure that we all here remember that these people are still human. These people are grieving. Whether you listen to true crime, missing persons type of podcast for entertainment purposes, or because you really want to know the information, want to see how you can help, regardless of why you listen or get involved in these cases, please remember at the end of the day that these are real people who had real family members who are struggling, coping with the fact that they don't know where their loved one is. If you believe in any type of esoteric work or knowledge, and you believe that your gifts are true, that is fine. 
but there is no reason to then go and then push your thoughts on the subject matter at hand onto the family in a way that can be harmful or hurtful to them. Especially since what you're pushing on, things such as quote-unquote spirit told me, are things that can't be tested. They create these pages for people to have tips to come in, the possible real evidence to come in and give that information. For people who want to really help, go out and do searches, go out and pass out flyers, whatever it is the family's asking for, for them to come out. But going to the family's personal pages to attack them, to tell them what your tarot reader said, to tell them what the stars said when you looked up his birth chart, whatever, that is stepping a bit out of line unless you are specifically asked for that information. And I'm not saying this as someone who's against any of that stuff. Hell, at least two of my tattoos have astrology symbols in it. So I'm not against that at all. I'm not against esoteric works whatsoever. However, there is a time and a place, and there is a certain thing that's also overstepping lines and overcrossing boundaries. I don't care how good you believe your spiritual connection with whoever is, if it is not asked for, do not go to the family's personal pages or pages run by them posting those sort of things. Because maybe you think you're being helpful, but again, these are real life people dealing with real life struggles. And comments like that, one, can create really nasty, unnecessary rumors, but also just straight up real harm to the people who are just trying their best to find their loved one. But if you can't say that it's exactly helpful, maybe take that somewhere else. You are free to have your opinions and you're free to speculate. Even when speculation is bad, a lot of cases get known and get web sleuthers and people in the community interested in helping and things like that off of people talking about it, having speculations and all those things are fine. But don't bring your negative speculations to the family's pages. They have enough that they are dealing with. Now, going back to the Facebook page, the further you scroll down, you'll come across a picture that showed Lopez's foot. He had actually had major reconstruction to his heel and his ankle. In fact, it said that his foot was swollen at the time. He was limping and in pain around the time he disappeared, making where he found his car even more suspicious. Because again, he wasn't found in the car. And in fact, one of his shoes was found deep in the mud, not too far off. And when you look at this picture of the shoe, which I will post on Instagram, it kind of makes you wonder how did his shoe get so deep in the mud and how was he able to walk through that type of terrain with the foot issues that he was experiencing at that time? And unfortunately, people have asked in the comments and I've actually saw an interview done with the wife where they have asked about the type of processing, fingerprinting, and stuff that the police have done. But unfortunately, the family doesn't seem to know the answer to that. So we don't really know if the car was lifted for prints, if the area was searched for other footprints and so forth. Because even though the car was found the very next day after he was reported missing, the police were not able to get to the car to move it, to transfer it over to their units for at least 35 days after they found it. 
Meaning that that car was left in the elements for over a month and there's no telling what may have happened to possible footprints of possibly walking away from the car. There's no telling if there was fingerprints on the outside of the door, but different people stopped by, grabbed it, looked inside. Maybe rain, wind, snow, something could have came down on it and took some of that DNA away. We're not really sure. That information has not been released, but we do know that the car was sitting there for quite some time afterwards. And so by the time the police were able to transfer the car to the station, we're not even sure if there was anything to look at. Now, the wife, she did do a live interview on Missing Live, a Fox 26 segment. And in that segment, she mentioned that Lopez was a part of a motorcycle club and had a very large social group. And she brought that up to say that she does believe that this is a mystery, but only a mystery to some. She does believe that someone in his group knows what happened to Lopez. Now, in that very same live, it is mentioned that there were some names that family wanted police to question. However, police, at least at that time, had not questioned these individuals, basically saying to the family that they could not make these individuals come in for questioning. Now, the wife also answered questions from viewers that were on the live. Something she answered was that she could not get his phone records because, again, they were separated at the time. And so they were on different phone plans. She was not on his phone plan. She did say that a detective did get a subpoena for one of his phones. But again, Lopez had two phones. And it appears that nothing of significance was taken from the phone they were able to get a subpoena for. Now, she did say that she has reached out to the detective about this other phone. However, the interviewer at that time then switched the question to something else. So we never really get a full answer to what the detectives did regarding that second phone. Is that something they are working on? Now, in that live, people asked the wife about why she has not been doing any searches or anything like that. And anything like that and the interviewer herself actually did come through for say no the wife has done searches and so the wife actually did advocate for detectives to get did advocate for detectives to get texas equisearch involved and they did go out and search she went out there with her sister-in-law her best friend and some other search and rescue crew they came out with cadaver dolls and everything it's just nothing was found Again, it was found in a wooded area, and it sounds like the terrain was a little bit rough, and so many things could have gotten hit by elements such as the rain and so forth. By the time the wife even got approved to get a Texas Echo Search team out there, again, she said that by the time they approved for her to have an Echo Search team, that this was already in September. He went missing in July. The car was found in July. Now, one other thing I'll throw in there that in the live is one commenter did ask if the wife had gotten an investigator, and she basically answered no, that she had started a GoFundMe when this initially happened to hire a private investigator, but basically didn't get a lot of donations. She did reach out to an investigator, and he told her his cost was about $10,000. Now, he did eventually tell her that he may be able to go down to $3,000 at the cheapest because of 
of the amount of information that she had already collected and the amount of information that was already there. However, she did say that the detective told her that he's not sure how much more he could do based on the information she had given him. So he said something to the effect of, yeah, don't think I can do more than this, uh, which is a bit odd of a statement for a detective to make at that point, especially a one who has not already got his hands deep into the dirt and did some digging around for himself. However, she did say that she did try to do GoFundMe to hire a detective. However, it, she, it was just out of her price range, and that's where she is now. Now, unfortunately, that is all the information we have about the disappearance of Lopez Richardson. There's not a lot out there, but what is out there is a couple of theories. So we are going to get into that. Now, the first theory, as you probably guessed, is that the wife is involved. This is a theory that you will see in little comments here and there around the web. Now, with this theory, this seems to be stemming from, one, from what I can see, someone might have a personal beef with her or something of the sort. There definitely seems to be a crew of people who have their own personal vendetta or agenda against her, just from what I can find in the comments. And that seems to be where that is stemming from. A lot of the times when I came across comments that mentioned the wife, it was mostly comments saying that they didn't like that she kept presenting herself as his wife and they felt she was presenting an untrue image to the media. But again, here's the thing, they were still married that's still his life. That's legally still his life. Uh, I'm sure she doesn't want to get up in every interview and say, hi, I am Lopez Richardson's wife, but we're separated. We're on good terms. Things are cool though. We still had a good co-parent relationship. Technically, I'm his wife. You can call me blah, 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 blah. Like that's a lot. She is still his wife on paper. That's how she would present herself. I see absolutely nothing wrong with that. But that was a really big thing with people wanting to point towards the wife. They didn't like that she kept presenting herself as wife and felt she was presenting a different image. Now, on top of that, I also came across, um, again, there were people making little comments apparently about her refusing to take a polygraph test, which she herself came out and denied and said, no one has ever asked me to take one. And then she went out and paid for one herself, posted results, posted the examiner, posted, posted the company where you can find them and encourage individuals to reach out to the examiner and company if they had any questions. And also here's another thing with the wife. Um, she is the only person I see pushing this story. Whenever I come across an article that has any type of quote from anyone, it's from the wife. Any interview I have seen on this case has been with the wife. Now, I will say another comment that I have seen going along with the theory that wife is possibly involved is that people are focused on the wife's speech when she interviews, when she is talking and so forth. There are a lot of people who are, you know, posting side eyes and so forth because the wife doesn't always have an answer for questions being asked during the interview. Some people have noticed that she stops and takes breaks in between talking and they find that suspicious as if she's trying to search for an answer in the brain. But let me be very clear. One, we don't know how we would react in that situation. A woman went from having a co-parent, having someone that was still in her life, who she still had a decent relationship with, up and disappear. And she now has to figure out how to explain this to their child. I would imagine that, yeah, 
it will be hard to talk when you will talk about it with pauses and breaks and you might not know all the answers, especially considering that she has not been getting a lot of answers back from the police, which has been a theme since the very beginning of this case. I think it's really unrealistic for us to expect her to have an answer for every question when the truth of the matter is the case isn't being pushed that hard. The police have not really had great communication with her and when his car was found the very next day after she filed a missing persons report, they told her nothing was in the car and then 35 days later she finds out, oh wait, yeah, his wallet was in there, his ID was in the wallet, his credit cards are in the wallet and we found his shooting car. If she's getting information from them like that, yeah, there's going to be a chance when we ask her questions that her information is going to be a little bit scattered and not exactly in full of details as well. A second thing I also want to put out there is that one, it is very hard to have an interview on the spot with lots of eyes on you. Guys, you're hearing my voice now as I'm talking. But the episode you guys get and listen to is the episode that has all of my pauses cut out, most of my ums cut out, and all of that. This is not my regular speech. I don't speak this way with this clarity and don't go there. Yes, I know my grammar is horrible. I also listen back to my recording sometimes and I am like, I promise y'all I read books. (laughs) I don't know why my speech comes out like this sometimes. (laughs) But I say all that to say, even the version of this that you're getting from me right now is highly edited regardless of how you might feel about the product it still went through an editing process to make my speech sound more concise and more to the point and so i want to make sure we put that out there because there's a reason why communications is a whole major is a whole major of study in college because for a lot of people it's not natural to be able to communicate clearly concisely without the ums and the stops and the pauses and things such as that that is actually a skill news anchors they have an actual skill tv presenters that is an actual skill your average layman does not have that so to try to pick apart the fact that her her words aren't exactly concise and she has a lot of pauses and so forth when during interviews, I don't think that's fair and I don't think that's realistic. The second theory I have came across is people have wondered if where his car was found, how Texas is a sundown town. Now, I did come across a couple of comments where people said, you know how rural Texas is. And I'm sorry to my rural Texas folks if you live there and you hate that stereotype. But that's what the comments were saying. And I really couldn't find a lot of information in regards to the social scene. From what I can find, it's a very small town. Most of the population seems to be white and Hispanic. This town has less than 4,000 residents in total. Is it a sundown town? Meaning it is not the best or friendliest places to black folk and you don't wanna be caught out there alone at night? I am not sure. From what I can find, it is a small, rural, conservative town in Texas. However, that's pretty much all I can find on those bases. Now, another theory that I came across is that foul play was involved and it was with some unknown person or it possibly has something to do with his motorcycle club. 
Now, when it comes to this theory, no one goes into detail. In fact, if you look this case up, you'll find a lot that people will talk about. Possible foul play, some disrespecting this unknown kind of ghost-like figure, and that is all. In fact, in certain interviews, when they're talking to folks about this case, people have asked that their names not be mentioned for safety reasons. Now, from what I could find online, Lopez was a good guy. He was an entrepreneur. He loved his baby girl and he was very social. I really didn't see anything indicating he may have been involved in some shaky dealings or, or anything specific. You have talked with him being in a motorcycle club and there have been comments where people have wondered, okay, are we saying club or are we saying gay? And I don't know. It's always mentioned as club. And here's the thing. Yes, there are motorcycle gangs, but there are very much motorcycle clubs where they literally just get on their bikes and they drive through the area on Sundays, revving up their bike, waking us all up for no reason whatsoever. There's also those clubs just like that where that's what they do. They just hang out with their bikes. But here's the thing. We don't know. The actual name of the club is never mentioned. Now, this person that's constantly mentioned as he possibly disrespected, that is all we hear. We don't get a name, we don't get clues, we don't get nothing. You get a couple articles where it's mentioned very heavily, like, yeah, we're not saying his name. It does not feel safe to say. For a lot of people, this theory seems to be the one most likely to happen. Because again, we do have family members saying that he was calling, saying someone was following him and he believed he disrespected the wrong person. We don't know what that disrespect was, but he seemed very concerned about it. And that's pretty much the biggest theory and where the theories end all together. Now, guys, that is all I have for this case. I ask that if you have seen Lopez Richardson, know about his current whereabouts or have any information whatsoever regarding his disappearance that you please call the Rosenberg Police Department at 832-595-3700 or you can call the Texas EquiSearch at 281-309-9500. Now, as always, guys, if you head over to the Instagram, which is at the Overlook underscore podcast. I will have pictures of Lopez, his car, and other things related to the case. I'll also have those numbers or who to call if you have information that will also be posted on my Instagram page. Now, as always, I thank you guys for listening. I ask that you be safe and that you be vigilant. And I will have my last episode for the year and for this season on December the 18th. You guys have a great rest of your week. Bye. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter.